No load management for MVPs, John Moran enjoys his chicken wings, and we talk the crazy Western Conference standings. My name is John. I am the fill-in host for the most Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast, and I have the two delinquents with me. JJ, how you living, my man? Feeling good, feeling great. I love the intro, John. Well done. Hey, appreciate that, my man. Sammy, how are you doing? I mean, outside of feeling demoted from going to hooligan to delinquent, I'm good, my man. How are you? You know, I had to switch it up there. I'm doing great. Thank you, guys. Well, let's talk some NBA basketball. Load management. So as of a few days ago, the NBA, NBA, PA, they are moving closer to an agreement to establish a rule that a player must play in a minimum number of games to be eligible for major awards, such as MVP. And this is part of the new collective bargaining agreement. These are the sources and what they say. Man, first of all, a few names come to mind and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. So what do you guys think about this new rule? And if you had to guess, what do you think that minimum number of games is? I'm going to start this off with Sammy here. I mean, I'm all for it. And I, I before JJ calls this the Kawhi Leonard rule. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think that if someone's going to be named, obviously not just MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Six Man of the Year, whatever it may be, they, they do need to play the majority of the season to represent that this wasn't just one hot stretch of the year. I'm, I, think it's, I think it's the right call. Um, I am curious as to what that game number would be. I got to figure two-thirds of the season at least 65 games, give or take. Um, I'd be curious to see if this would motivate some players more than we realize. Like, I think a guy like Kawhi does not care. I don't think it's going to affect the way he plays it out at all. But, you know, if LeBron wanted to make one more MVP run, I have a feeling that this would actually matter to him. So I'm all for a rule like this. I do think that major awards should be given to players who play the majority of the year. So I I think it's a good idea. They should just name the MVP the Kevin Looney MVP. (laughs) If it's going to be based on uh, gameplay. But all jokes aside, I really like it, John, just because... The NBA is driven by its stars. And this year we had 27 players named to the All-Star game. And out of that, those 27, they did the calculation that there were 60 game absences, which doesn't seem much, but that's about 2.5 games per player. And Adam Silver actually had uh, this discussion on TV where he said that if you have one out of 13 customers buy a ticket and the main attraction doesn't show up that's a million people that didn't see the best product that should be displayed on the court and think about it guys like us four we complain about going to the movies you gotta pay for your wife popcorn drinks that's like 80 bucks an NBA game though how much are we talking about for a Laker game Clipper game Warrior game that's a lot of money. You gotta pay for parking. You gotta pay for your food. Even sometimes you gotta invest some in some cool merch. And that's just the people that go to the stadiums to watch your favorite players play. We all watch basketball on a daily basis. If 16% of people don't watch because their favorite player doesn't play on TV, that could be about half a million 
viewers potentially not looking at an NBA game on TV. So I'm all for it. I mean, I think, you know, we come from an era where we appreciate old school greats playing all these games like Jordan. You have that infamous image of like Kobe all iced up, bandages all over. And you're just like, come on, guys, just play your you're load managing because you have a cough or you broke your your pinky nail, you know? Yeah, so Sammy said, I agree. I, I'm agree. I completely agree with you guys. I think it's good for the game. I think it creates more competitive, a more competitive atmosphere. I think guys are going to play more through minor injuries as they should for the reasons that you stated, JJ, that fans are spending their hard-earned money to see these players. And if you have a sprained pinky, right? I mean, come on, get on the court. So Sammy, you said 65. Mm-hmm. right around there JJ what do you think what do you think at least for MVP because I also have a follow-up question to this for MVP how many games do you think they're gonna set as a minimum Ooh, I'll say 68 okay I don't know if that's a cop-out answer because it's close to Sammy's but I'll say 68 no I, mean, I, I would that's... hope for 70 if I had my yeah. way I just don't think it'll get that high I that's why I scaled back a little bit yeah, that seems pretty high to me. I think you guys are in the range. Now, I have another question that I was that I mentioned is, do you think it's going to be different for each award? Do you think for so sixth man of the year or other awards like defensive player of the year? How are they going to establish that? Do you think? Do you think it'll be the same across the board? It'll. I think it'll be the same for rookie of the year. Those fools could be playing all 82 games. They got fresh <laughs> legs, man, and we're old dudes. If, if, if we could play back in our day, like, you know, we're not professional athletes, but remember playing out in the sun, three hours. These guys could play 48 minutes. I agree with that, 100%. These 19-year-olds, come on, man. I, I think it'll olds? definitely be the same number. It's going to be the same number across the board for every award, just because otherwise it's going to get a little convoluted and complicated. Like, we as fans, if they're marketing it as a fan product, they're not going to necessarily want the average fan to go and be like, okay, well, just trying to think. Anthony Davis will qualify for MVP this year, but he won't qualify for Defense Player of the Year because he played you know 66 games and it's 70 for defensive player of the year but it's 65 for mvp it's just going to be too much great point yeah yeah like if you want it to be this is a move done to satisfy the fans because clearly fans have pushed back and the league is hearing it that load management has gotten to uh what's the word it's just it's too prevalent and i get why the teams are doing it but at the end of the day, if you don't know if a team is going to play whoever each night, then they're going to want to simplify this for the fans in terms of how do I know who can get the award and what's the threshold. So would the rookies, I agree. I think I think if we could, the rookie threshold should be like 75. I don't think they're going to do it that way, but no, you're right, man. Like if you're load managing at 19, we have another conversation we need to have. And that's not necessarily on the fault of the player because... Just going back to my own team, I know for a fact that the Clippers set the limits on their players themselves, and there are times the players want to play and the Clippers management doesn't let them, which I'm like, enough. But anyway. I 100% agree with you about these rookies, right? 82 games is my minimum. And the reason I say this is for context, right? As an analogy, and listen, I'll preface with this. It's not the same. I understand that. Being a professional athlete is not the same. 
But when we were 19, we would go to Vegas, we would party for three days straight, and then I would go to work the following day. Absolutely. That's almost the same up there. Come on, oh. give me a break, dude. 82 oh. games, play all of them. Oh. 19 years old, 20 years old, come on. <laughs> all right. And I was going to Vegas on a $300 budget, friends. Anyway, continue exactly. on. <laughs> yes, I think we just gave away our age here. But yep. I am going to take us up to our next topic, guys. So Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Buckets, the Heat were playing the Orlando Magic, I think on Saturday. And they lost that game. The Heat did. So as the final 17 seconds ticked off the clock, a frustrated Jimmy Butler walked off the floor and they, before the game officially ended. The game was already in hand, right? This was leading to Miami getting hit with a technical foul because without Butler, the Heat only had four players on the court. Jimmy Butler, post-game, when he asked about the technical foul that he got, he said, I don't give a father time. Well, you know what he said. But I'm going to say, I don't give a fudge. What do you guys... And there's a video of him leaving on the court. I don't know if we can pull that up, RJ. But if you can, you should definitely check it out on YouTube. What do you guys think? Being the leader of a team, do you think this is acceptable behavior? I mean, it was it was definitely something where the Heat are in a playoff hunt. They Every game matters. Do you? What are your thoughts about this from Jimmy Butler? I'll say it's a selective outrage, Sammy and John. I learned that phrase from Chris Rock. He just came out with a special where he totally clowned on Will Smith. But selective outrage because if Steph Curry did that, if LeBron James did that, if Kobe did that, dudes would get it from the media. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Butler, like we have this whole idea that this guy wants to win at all cost he'll go against the Timberwolves with the third stringers and beat Carl Anthony Towns and that scrub of a team of you know unmotivated youngsters but I'll give it up to Butler John you know why because since the all-star break he's been averaging 26 points six boards five assists and he's in that echelon of players of uh, Dame, Steph, Luka, and Tatum with those numbers. The only thing is that his team isn't winning. So he needs to take blame. If you're a leader, you gotta take blame, man. And you leaving the court that early, I know, I don't think it's a big deal, but bad optics. Especially when you know, you're, you should be higher in the seeds than where the Heat are. Agreed. Um, and because of the player, he's going to get a pass because he's established this reputation of the type of player he is. And I'm not a fan of it. I'll be honest. Like, I know people are going to say it's one game and why does it matter? But there is an optics to it. And there's like just a respect for the game. Like, OK, you're losing. Just what's the difference? Just stay on the court, do what you need to do, and then regroup from there so i'm not a fan of it and that can make me sound old school it can make me sound whatever but i'm with you on this completely and this is a very very different scenario so i understand that when i'm about to give you guys this analogy but i had a very slight connection to the pistons walking off the floor against the bulls and old basketball heads will know what i'm talking about i know that was the conference finals i know it's a very different scenario but where they left early and because of 
that picture because of what it was, because it was the conference finals and it was Jordan finally beating them, we remember it and it's talked about a lot. This really isn't any different. It just happens to be a random March game against an Orlando Magic team that the Heat had no business losing to. But it's the same concept. He left. Game was game wasn't over yet, so I'm not a fan. John, what do you think? I'm kind of torn, to be honest with you guys. I kind of like it and I don't like it. I don't like it, like you said, because of the optics and it doesn't. It doesn't. You know, in 2023, with social media and everybody dissecting every little moment to a T, it doesn't look good, right? And but from the on the opposite side of that, I kind of like his mentality. I'm an old school head, like you said, basketball head. I do like Jimmy Butler's tenacity. I do like his he like don't give a fudge type of mentality. I think that NBA is kind of missing that with a lot of players, but he has that hard nose, hard school old school tough mentality and i think it kind of shows here but like you said i don't think it's great optics i don't think it, it but i think i think it'll blow over all right it's just one game but again the heat are not winning they're not doing well in the eastern conference they're they're definitely performing below expectations so this actually adds to that type of scrutiny from the media and, ev- and everybody else but i'm gonna move us on to our next topic here and guys we can't we can't end an episode of the Clinic All NBA podcast without talking about John Morant. And I'm not laughing because I don't want to make light of the situation, but if unless you've been living under a rock, Jaw has definitely been in the news. And he's probably going to be in the news for quite some time. So John Morant, I don't know if you guys have seen this video, but if you haven't, check it out somewhere online. It's everywhere. So as you know, he is suspended from the team. He hasn't been playing for the last three or four games. I don't know how long, how many exactly. Because of a an incident in a strip club when he pulled out a pea shooter or BB gun, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And now, as an update, there has been video of showing John Morant in a VIP room with chicken wings, food all over the place, and a dancer on him and this is supposed to be a vip private room so apparently what happened is the club itself they sold pictures to the media sold pictures of john morant obviously they were get they were offered a significant amount of money because i'm I'm sure you wouldn't do that unless you were offered a significant amount of money and it's all over the news blown up now i wanted to ask you guys about this right a few things there's a lot to digest here one do you think that the club should not have done that and i don't not from a legal standpoint but i think from a from a standpoint of taking advantage of somebody who's famous and also who's kind of who needs to who's going through some things mentally clearly one do you think the club should have done that and two do you think Josh should still receive criticism for those pictures? He didn't do anything illegal other than the gun thing was illegal. But the actual, what he was doing in the club, people do that all the time. So that's a two-part question. And I'm going to start off with JJ here. Oh. So should Ja receive criticism for going should to the Jaw club? Ja receive criticism and do yep. you think the club should have done that? Okay, I'll, I'll start off with if Ja should receive criticism, John. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go with the courageous yes. You know why? Because this dude gets paid 
$200 million, you go to a sketchy part of town, to a sketchy gentleman's club, and you go to an establishment where you can't control the environment like the cameras. For goodness sake, man, for $200 million, you would assume, hey, why don't we get bring the party to me at my hotel and I could control what's going on? That's the smart move. What did we learn from the last dance? Jordan kept a really tight, 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 tight circle. Nothing gets nothing gets out to the media, right? You heard all these stories about gambling, staying up late, um, even like his stuff, like with his marriage, kept under wraps. Same thing with Kobe, right? Things that get got leaked, but it was very, very tight. If you're the quote-unquote new face of the NBA, you you would think, dude, with that much money, you would want to control your situation. Rookie mistake, man. You can't get mad at the club if you put yourself in a bad situation. That's what I'll say. But 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 Sammy, Sammy, I gotta say, the the club they did break a break an unspoken rule that some people feel like they did. Um, John wants to support people's education and donate <laughs> to it. By all means, go for it. I'm divided on this. Um, it has to be a given. And I don't know the percentage. I'm not trying to throw it out there. But I assume many a professional athlete probably spends some time in establishments similar to these when they're on the road, especially depending on the city they're in. And most of these clubs, if they're remotely smart business-wise, would understand they're going to make more money off these gentlemen than they are off of your average customer and more than anything what they want is the ability to be somewhat discreet so this place by putting this out there and getting that one-time payment probably cost themselves any players coming in on the road when they're in town ever again they just screwed themselves so i really hope for their sake that one payment was worth it because teams aren't going to go there anymore with what you said jj I, i do think the other thing, if the team was smart, maybe they went there like just last minute, whatever, which is very possible. I mean, at the end of the day, Jaws 23, he probably didn't plan this ahead. But if you make that kind of money, you gotta have people with you that can handle these things ahead of time. And if you wanna have it in the club, you basically give the club whatever it takes, 50K, 100K, whatever you need to do, and shut it down for the night for anyone, you or and the team, so that you have that privacy that you want if you don't wanna put it in your own establishment. Yep. So I'm not faulting Joff for the pictures outside of the gun, obviously stupid, and he deserves a criticism for that, taking that in there. There's no need for that. The pictures themselves, I don't think what went on in there is that much out of the ordinary if your average 23, 24-year-old kid went into a gentleman's club and had $50,000 to blow. So I don't fault him for this in the slightest. I think it's a really bad look in the club. That, that That's how I saw this. Yeah, it's unfortunate just because... I mean, like, if we're gonna if we're gonna criticize Ja, then we should criticize all the other people that do the same thing, right? Even the famous people, politicians, whoever it may be. So that's the issue that I have with it. If we're gonna criticize one group or one person, we should do the same for people that do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, 
should the club have released the pictures? Am I? Is it bad for me to say? Well, it depends on how much they got offered, because that could pay a lot of employees. Now, the reality is, I'm not surprised that they did that. To be to be honest with you, I, I just think that again, you're putting yourself in your in a position. JJ, like JJ said, this is probably not one of those places that has airtight security. That is probably everything locked down. I mean, there, there's. It seemed like it was just a very small corner of the street type of place that he went to, you know. And you're gonna kind of get that type of security, that quality. And so it's, it's, a, you know, as much as you don't want to knock someone when they're down, like Jaw, at least he's doing, taking the steps to get healthy. And that's one of the things that a good segue into our next part of this is that. He's actually been reported to be in counseling now. So he's in Florida at a facility getting counseling. And those are the only details we have so far. There are no timetable. There's no timetable for his return to the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies have won a few games without him, and they've done it last year. So they are currently in second place over the Kings behind the Nuggets. Do you guys think that this counseling is going to take longer the entire season or do you think he's going to be back before the playoffs start I have no idea at this point and I mean that out of respect to him uh, it seems like on the very little we know that whatever is going on he is taking it seriously enough to take this much time away that it's going to be six games at minimum so for that I, I respect him I sincerely hope this helps whatever it is he's dealing with. I think a lot of times we forget because we're just looking at these guys on the court. A lot of these guys are kids when they come into the league and they're just given these millions of dollars and pretty much no restrictions. And they've never had money like this before and it can manifest in behavior like this clearly. And so the impression I get is that the team is clearly putting no pressure on him. I do think he will be back by the playoffs. I don't know if he will be back before then. If he's not, then that will tell us that there are far deeper issues here and whatever it takes for him to, you know, get the help he needs, I, I do sincerely hope he gets it because if you're in that at this point, there are far more important matters than basketball. So I'll leave it at that. I out of respect to him I, I don't want to try to analyze what's going on with him and I'll I'll just leave it there yeah Sammy I'm, I'm glad like on a on a personal note like we'll leave that alone but from a business standpoint John I thought it was a great move especially since Powerade pulled out his ad for March Madness at March Madness you have 67 live game telecast you have over 16 major sponsors and you have a billion dollar marketing initiative for the whole in month of March and now he's being pulled from it so he lost opportunities he has an opportunity with Nike where I don't know if they're gonna push back his shoe release but now it's all about damage control for PR and the first step to do that is go to this counseling celebrities go to rehab People go to retreats and I thought it's like a, you know, we want steps to the right direction. And this is a step to the right direction, John. 
100% agree with you guys. And I think we can all come to an agreement, right, about how you feel about the Memphis Grizzlies or John Moran as a player. But you never want to see someone like that have these advantages in life or falter and go down a path like this. So respectfully, I think I can speak for everyone when we say, you know, we hope John Moran gets better. We hope he goes to this facility, gets the help that he needs, and he comes back a better person and we can see him do what he does best. And that's ball up, ball up on the court. With that, I am going to take us to our next topic, Dylan Brooks, everyone's favorite Memphis Grizzlies, staying on the Grizzlies. So he's been in the news lately, obviously not for some of the things that he did with Draymond and Draymond snapping back on his podcast, but now he's making enemies across the NBA, not (laughs) not just with active players, but players who also have not been on the court for quite some time. So. He was asked on the lack of vets on the Grizzlies. This is what his response was when somebody asked him, what do you think about the lack of vets on your team? He said, quote, who do you want us to sign? You want us to sign Carmelo Anthony? You want us to sign Dwight Howard? What do you want us to sign? Rook told reporters recently when, when he was asked about that. And then the, he said, to continue the quote, those guys are trying to get back into the league. They're not trying to hone in on a guy and be a vet. A real vet is like Udonis Haslam, who is the oldest player in the league, so he is definitely a vet. A guy who is strictly for the team. Carmelo Anthony's response was, please keep me out of it respectfully. I, I don't know how to start this, but I, I want to say, like, what is Dylan Brooks doing? Why is he just... Is he trying to stay relevant? Is he just trying to get the clout? Because it, it certainly appears that way to me, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. Like, when do you just learn to shut up, right? And back up your 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 claims, your comments. I mean, you haven't done anything. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts. What do you think about just Dylan Brooks? Why is he doing this? For what reason? Didn't he contradict him? contradict himself sammy he's like saying why do we need a vet this is exactly why so you don't say these smart things to the public that get your ass in trouble mm-hmm. i mean you're making more enemies especially if you go after a superstar like carmelo anthony regardless of how you feel about carmelo anthony people hold him in high regard especially people in new york and Denver and it's like there's no purpose you're just throwing shots and let me just say this like you're gonna compare Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard to Adonis Haslam I'm sorry I haven't seen Haslam play meaningful minutes since probably the 2012 Miami Heat versus (laughs) the OKC (laughs) I'll say right so uh, Dylan Brooks, um, we all know what he's saying, John. We all know what he's saying. But his execution is F. F like Udonis Haslam is straight up a... Like a... Uh, what do you call them? A, uh, a speaker who... I can't think of it. Sammy, go ahead. <laughs> Udonis yeah! Haslam is a player in... In name only. He's a coach at this point. I mean that out of respect. I, I do not mean that with any disrespect intended to him, but he's that's that's the purpose he serves. Uh, Dylan Brooks. It's 
it's like he's trying too hard to elicit confidence or to show that he feels like he can hang and usually when people talk this much it's it's a sign of weakness as far as i'm concerned the best players do not need to talk this much like just for comparison and i know i said earlier i did not like this move but it almost feels like he's trying to establish like the the tough guy image kind of like that jimmy butler has but if you notice with butler he doesn't go out of his way to get in front of a camera and talk it's all through his own action and what have you outside of that clearly set up interview he had with rachel nichols years ago when he got out of minnesota uh, but be that as it may, this is a case with me of a player who's not good enough and is trying too hard to make himself sound better than he is. I can't stand it. If he wants to be the antagonist, good for him, because I hope someone, the Clippers ideally, beat the crap out of the Grizzlies in the playoffs and knock him out. And that Kawhi specifically scores just game winner after game winner on him. If that's the established reputation that he wants, then he has succeeded as far as I'm concerned. That's where I'm at. Yep. I agree with you guys. Sorry. And the word I was thinking was he's a motivational speaker. Haslam is basically a motivational speaker (laughs) at this point in his career. You can get somebody like that for way cheaper. But with that, we are going to take a short break from a word from our sponsors. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, and we are going to get us to our final topic here, guys. So... The Western Conference, the loaded Western Conference. We are in the home stretch of the NBA season. I want to say 13 to 15 games. And fifth seed, I'm sorry, fourth seed through 13th seed is separated. Let's go. Let's actually do this. Fourth seed to 12th seed is separated by five games. Five games. So you have the Suns at 37 and 30, and then you have the Jazz at 33 and 36. But the real story here is obviously 7th through 12th, or even 5th through 12th. I mean, you're talking about any one of these teams can lose, can go on a two or three game losing streak. They could drop from the playoffs currently all the way out of the play-in and not even have a chance at the playoffs. So I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, guys. And I think of, there's pundits, there's experts, there's analysts that have said the exact same thing. This is unprecedented. And so I want us to kind of predict or get our thoughts, get your guys' thoughts on how you think this is going to shape up, particularly looking at seeds four through 10 or four, yeah, four through 10. And I'm going to start here with Sammy. So four through 10. So who's going to get in, who's going to get in the play right? So looking at it right now, I think the only way with how close this is, is to just look at the trajectory of some of these teams and see where we're at. So that being said, I'm actually going to start with the plan. To me, you have two teams that are in a very downward spiral right now. The Pelicans are one. I would be amazed if they stay in the plan. I think the Thunder, as constructed right now because of Zion's injury, the Thunder seem to be playing better, but they're actively trying to tank by the looks of it. The Jazz are still within them. Even Portland down there at 13 
Uh, I like better than them right now. I think the Pelicans are out. Dallas has been horrendous since the Kyrie trade. Now, both of those guys are injured, and I get that. I don't think they'll quite fall out, but I think Dallas is going to sneak in at a closer number than anyone realizes. I actually think they're going to finish 9 or 10. Now, your Lakers are on a very upward trajectory here, so depending on the news we get about LeBron, I like the Lakers to finish somewhere in the 7 to 8 spot. I did call for 6 before. It feels like there just might not be enough time. Um, especially because you look at who's at 4, 5, and 6 now. Phoenix, Clippers, Warriors. All those teams on some level seem to be playing pretty good ball right now, so it's hard to see who they would knock out. Um, I don't mean this with any as a joke at all, but with the Warriors right now, the big question is they've got eight road games left. If they can win three of those road games, I do not think they'll fall out of the sixth seed. So that's the question I have. Minnesota somehow sticks around there, and I have no idea. I guess Anthony Edwards has just been far better than I thought. So so final call, just to summarize everything I'm saying. Um, I think Phoenix is going to end up in the four. I think five, six... Clippers Warriors right now I'm very divided on it's going to be one or the other I think the game between them on Wednesday will tell us who ends up in that spot I know it's just one game but I see it ending that way and I think the Lakers will end up at seven so where I'm divided is that eight nine hole I think I think it's going to be Dallas and apparently Minnesota but I just don't quite know how it's going to shake out yet JJ what do you think so so who are your teams that are out who are your teams that are who are your teams that are out Okay, so final of who's currently no spots. So 7, 8, 9, 10. Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, and the Pelicans are those spots. I think the Pelicans fall out. And somehow, maybe because they're the one who actually want to get in, I think Portland ends up in the 10 spot. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay, interesting. JJ, what do you think? So, John, what's interesting about this whole list that Sammy covered and that you brought up is... I think for the first time in years, we could say that the NBA has parity. And each and every single team, if you think about it, even from the top, 1 through 12 or 1 through 13, they have a glaring weakness. So the shot to the title is as open as it could be in the West, which makes it super interesting. And I know like the common... Um, adjective is that the West is shot, the West sucks. I kind of have to take that it's just parody, man. Like, everyone's just too damn good now. And you could see on any given night that a team could lose to the Magic, like the Warriors <laughs> or the Heat, or like you have a team like the Magic, you know, like, or like you lose to whoever you're expected to lose. It's it's unpredictable. So, break it down really quick. Lakers have LeBron, AD, and D'Lo. What are their weaknesses? Backup guard play and lack of wings. You have the Mavericks, like what Sammy was saying. Luka and Kyrie, superstars. Backcourt, no defense, no rim protector. Warriors don't have Wiggins, and GP2 still injured. You could argue those are their two best defenders outside of Draymond. And the Clippers, they don't have they. We don't know how they look like because of load management, and we've talked about load management today. And the Suns still have to figure it out, and they don't have depth. And I'll even take a shot at the Nuggets right now. Nuggets have lost three straight, John, and their defense looks out of sync. 
And Murray, I know he's back. He's been playing better, but he's not 100% yet, man. So it just makes the West really that much interesting. Um, who do I think is not going to be in the playoffs? I'm actually on the same boat as Sammy. That I don't think the Pelicans are going to make it. And no, nah, I'm good. Should I say it? Should I say that Dave will make the play in? You love Dave. <laughs> I love Dave. <laughs> Maybe I have to. But because I said that, I have a feeling they're not going to make it anymore. So yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I don't think the Blazers are going to make the play. Oh, I just don't. I don't see it. I think the Jazz, they're trying to tank, but Laurie Markkinen is just playing out of his mind. So they're, they win games that they shouldn't win. The Thunder, I think, are in. I think SGA is just straight balling, and they're a good team. They are a good team. I do think the Pelicans are out. So I think it's going to be Wolves, Mavs. Well, not in this order. I do think the Lakers are going to be six or seven. But I think the Pelicans are out, and I think the Thunder are in. Those are my replacements. But yeah, man, this is going to be crazy. How that's going to shape out, like those are the teams I think are going to make it to the play-in and the, and the playoffs, but I don't know how, what order. It's going to go. I All I got to say, man, guys, is that it's going to be a heck of a ride for these last 13 to 15 games. And I'm... I'm here for it, 100%. And we're going to talk about this more in the next coming weeks. But, guys, that is all the time that we have. I want to thank you guys for being on. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all. And, Sammy, thank you, man. Thanks, man. Always good to be here. Of course. And shout out to RJ, our video producer. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Please find us wherever you get your podcasts.